Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Pod, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm Scott Kennedy, your host for one more night. We'll see, unless in the near future. And this is my friend and co-host. Actually, I'm kind of the co-host. He's really the host. The talent, anyway. Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've been talking about the, the success that George Payton and the Denver Broncos have had. Let Russ cook. Let George cook. The Broncos are on fire. We didn't mean it literally. We don't need no water. Let the mother effer burn. No, I mean, it's crazy what happened. I, I went on Twitter and I saw the Broncos. I, no one calls it in power field. Let's call it Mile High Stadium for what it really is. It was literally on fire. I mean, a big, pluming, billowing black fire. And I don't know the cause as of the publication of this podcast. I assume it was the construction work that was being done on the upper levels by the suites. But, man... It's like, can anything go right? They finally have a franchise quarterback. Now the stadium's being burned out. I mean, look at Kansas City's way. Maybe they have something to do with it. But no, it seemed like it was a, an accident. Hopefully, or you know, fortunately, it wasn't worse. And no uh, injuries, no fatalities, no major damage. But it was certainly an interesting storyline. This is what happens when you have too many cooks in the kitchen. So let's just, <laughs> let's let George Payton cook and let's let Russell Wilson ride. I think everyone wins. So... Going back in the history vault a little bit, um, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium caught on fire in 1993. Here's a picture right here of Mark Lemke and Jeff Blauser as the press box caught on fire, and that was caused by a can of Sterno. So this was 1993, and I do have a point with this. We'll get to it, Scott. We don't want to hear about the Braves. Uh, It was July 20th, and at the time, the Braves were nine games back of the San Francisco Giants in what became the last great pennant race. The Braves literally caught fire then, and they went on a 750 winning percentage. They went 51-17 and after that stadium fire, and that was one of the best runs and uh, won 104 games and kept the Giants from making the playoffs because that's before they expanded the playoffs and had one of the best July, August, September runs in franchise history. I say this now to say, guess what? Maybe the Broncos are really going to get hot. Maybe they're going to get hot. It worked for the Braves 20, well, it's probably 35 years ago now. 35 years ago, I, we're getting, I'm getting so old, I keep forgetting to carry the one. Uh, but that was 93. I say there's a lot of similarities here. I find a lot of connections since I've been doing this between Atlanta and Denver, Broncos and, and, and me. And there, here's another one. Stadium fire, time to go back to the playoffs. Could be a great omen. I, I uh, fortunately, I, I, you know, again, I'm glad that no one was hurt by this, and it wasn't worse. There was no uh, collapses, or the stadium structure wasn't uh, compromised in any way that I know. So, could have been a lot worse. It wasn't, and we can make jokes about it. We can make light of it, and maybe it's a sign of things to come. I don't think Scott had anything to do with it being down there in Georgia, but Kathy, maybe, you know, there's always someone on the take, as I like to say, whether it's a construction crew member, not pointing any fingers, but I want to know the cause of this because things don't go up in flames by themselves. These where I'm I'm old enough now that I do not get my hands dirty. (laughs) I, uh, I keep at least one degree of separation and let other people do the dirty work. That's what happens when you, you know, you're the, you're the boss. Unfortunately, I'm not the boss. I do all the dirty work still. Uh, I want to say hello to some folks in the chat here before we get started. Lana coming in with some stars. Thank you, Lana, for getting us started like that tonight. We certainly appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm actually a little afraid. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you're afraid to use, it became so PC, like, you know, taking shots or, you know, um, he's dropping bombs, you know, anything like that. I'm almost afraid to say, man, he's on fire now. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Be careful. Don't say, you know, don't say anything like that in an airport. Don't say anything like that right now around 
Broncos Stadium. So, Lana, appreciate you coming in with the stars. Now, the title of our uh, of our little pod tonight was uh, Bleach Report came out with a you know one of those let's try and touch every team type of articles, and the the their mantra on this one was one decision or non-decision, which is still a decision, uh, that each team may regret. And for the Denver Broncos, it felt like they were reaching a little bit because so far the decisions have been pretty flawless from, you know, at least beforehand. You, you can make a case, a good case for everything they've done. Um, there's not, if, if hindsight I say, okay, Russ, uh, Russ falls on his face, okay, well, it was still the right move to make at the time. So in this case, they went with Randy Gregory, and it was the length of the contract that really got them. So let me go ahead and I'm going to read this out. It says, uh, Randy Gregory had options in free agency and backed out of agreement with the Cowboys. We know that. Following a six-sack campaign, Gregory, ca Gregory cashed in on a five-year, $70 million deal. With only 1,500 career snaps, he should be in great shape, but the edge rusher will turn 30. And the Broncos made a risky investment on a long-term long deal with $28 million in guarantees. Um, I skipped through that a little bit. You get the gist because I didn't want to bore you reading this. It is not Broncos Bleacher Club Day. Uh, but, Zach, what do you think about the risk? And, you know, is this something – what are the odds that the Broncos are going to re regret this decision? And uh, how do you feel about what they had to write about it? Yeah, let me just dunk on that for a second. This is a more general uh, incompetency about the national media, not really paying too close attention and looking for a storyline that's just not there. When you break down Randy Gregory's contract, I looked at spot track today. His base salary is like under $2 bucks. His cap hit for 2022 is $6 million. The Broncos can get out of the deal after 2023 no guarantees left after that point so in reality they talk about it being a five-year deal like most contracts around the nfl scott it's much shorter it's a two-year deal most contracts are two years and about his age turning 30 that's one position that has a lot of longevity is edge rusher pass rusher i mean look what dwight freeney did look what von miller did last year gregory's still very much in his prime even turning 30 i don't i don't have a problem with that I'm surprised he didn't mention his baggage, uh, Scott, or the uh, you know the stuff that the suspensions and the marijuana and the they injuries. Said something about it. So they they said something about it. I, I I glazed over a little bit, and they they said that's why it was a little risky giving him a you know a long term deal. But like like you said, I felt like they were reaching on this one a little bit because 28 million in guarantees for basically what amounts to be a two year deal with club options because after year two he's got a six million dollar cap hit. Well, you can sneeze on a two, $6 million cap hit, for goodness sakes, dead cap hit. You can wave that and turn it into $3 million. That's nothing. If he's if he's not working out, you'll eat that, that cap hit. And two years for $14 million for what you could possibly get, it's a, it's a brilliant deal. It's a brilliant deal. Could they regret to? Of course. Of course. But what team couldn't regret a deal? The risk is so low. The risk is so low on this deal that it was a brilliant, a brilliant signing. And um, like I said, they they want when you when you title something every team, you've got to come up with something for every team. And they were reaching on this one. They really were. $28 million in guarantees for a 30-year-old, not even pass rusher, a premier position in the NFL is not a lot of money. It really is not. It's actually good business by George Payton. And you know what? If that's the worst they can find from the Broncos Hall after all the moves they've made is signing Randy freaking Gregory to what amounts to a two-year deal, then George Payton is doing something very, very right. I'm not sweating Bleacher Report one bit at all. Yeah, and, you know, and a cap hit of only six this year. You know the cap it's the, the 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 cap should get it gets bigger every year usually, and so only doing it six year that's going to let you load up on some guys this year for sure. Sam coming in, Sam Bam with our first stars or a uh, super chat of the day. We're seeing you, orange. So glad no one was hurt in that stadium fire. Yikes! Do we know what the cause was? Go Broncos and go Braves too from New Mexico. So Sam, you may have remember. I'm I'm not sure how old you are. You may or may not remember that 93, but that was the day they traded for Fred McGriff, who was my favorite non-brave. Crime dog. The crime dog. And he started calling the fire dog after that. So he was my favorite non-brave. I was so excited when they got him. I loved his swing. I loved his demeanor. Loved everything about him. Then the Braves got him, and it was just awesome because then he came in and he hit 20 home runs in 60 games. He was incredible. Um, back then, it was a can of Sterno at a, that was at a, a, a one of the suites that was using the heat-catered food that had been left unattended. Now, this was in a construction zone 
So it could have been a spark, could have been a cigarette butt, could have been anything. Uh, but again, glad it was empty and, and glad no one was hurt. Appreciate the support, Sandman. Yeah, I don't know the cause, but I'm assuming maybe something electrical went haywire. And, you know, it all it takes is one little spark to, to you know, turn into a big engulfing flame, as you saw. So fortunately, the damage wasn't worse. There were no injuries. Everyone was evacuated. It's under control. And we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on the details when they come out. Lawrence coming in, he says, working and still watching you guys during the morning show, and I'm still working watching you guys during the evening show. Well, earn that, earn a living, dude. I know I'm glad we're here, <laughs> and hopefully we can make your day go a little better because uh, that makes for a long day because uh, I was here for both of them, and that was a long time ago. Sometimes I forget, was that just this morning? Um, it was, especially especially this week, and especially the past two weeks with everything that's been going on. This was actually a fairly quiet day in the nfl wasn't it zach yeah there's no broncos news so that's why we're talking about freaking bleacher report crapping on the randy gregory signing but lawrence uh hope you're having a good day at work uh hard-working guy it seems like and a great follower definitely appreciate you james webb coming in with the super and he says i've been a silent follower for a while that's kind of creepy no, I'm just kidding, James. Uh, but breaking my silence, I'm like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Usually when – I was always, like, in trouble. So whenever anybody, like, you know, hey, I want to talk to you, I'm like, oh, sh- what crap? What, what what did I do? Hey, Scott, come in here. Oh, no. Breaking my silence. Oh, God, what did I do? I really appreciate the work this channel does. Consistent, insightful, quality content. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I always prepare for the worst when a sentence starts like that. So – uh, thank you so much. We're glad you're here. And don't be a stranger, James. Um, anytime. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, that's what we strive for. Honestly, no, no BS is quality content to bring you something that you can't get anywhere else. And we feel like we deliver on that. So thank you so much, James. And if you have any questions or comments, please uh, feel free to fire them in and we'll get to them. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of cooking con- uh, comments. You know, r- let Russ cook. No, no, not anymore. You know, maybe we need to just hit the refrigerator. Yeah, at least um, not barbecue. No, oh, oh, no more. Yeah, no more barbecues. No more s'mores. We'll just go cold cuts and bagged <laughs> potato chips from here on out. Astronaut food, all prepackaged. Yeah. So, um, let me see. The other other kind of things we I think we probably want to get into just a little bit is. One of the there's draft questions and there's free agent questions, and I'm happy to get into. I'm a little bit better at draft than I am in free agents when it comes down to it. But again, your needs on this team, I don't think they're really needs anymore. Now they're more like wants. Wants. I want to upgrade where? Right tackle still the number one spot right now in your mind? That's a need. That's not a want. You need a right tackle. That's the only need they have left, to your point. After that, you know, you can want another edge. You can want another safety. You can want another corner. They don't have a right tackle. They didn't even sign Brandon Shell, who I thought was a layup, considering he came from Seattle with Russell Wilson. But you can't have Calvin Anderson or Tom Compton on that side, guarding Russell Wilson every player, helping out or lack thereof the run game. So, yeah, that's definitely a need for the Broncos. All right, so what are you looking at then, Zach? Um, you know, who's still out there amongst the, the right tackles and free agency? And I'll ha- be happy to get into drafts. You know, now we've talked about, you know, what are your best case scenarios? Or, or is there one left out there that you, you haven't thought of? Because, again, it's still just March. You know, the, the right tackle of the future may be on somebody else of, of th- this season, when I mean the future, the right tackle in September. The starting right tackle may be on somebody else's team right now. Uh, it could be a rookie. It's possible. Do you think this the starting right tackle for week one is currently on the roster for the Denver Broncos? No. No. I mean, they could be high on Calvin as a developmental guy, and they can bring in Tom Compton as a swing veteran guy, but neither of them are long-term viable starting options. I thought Brandon Shell is a guy they might bring in, but it says something about George Payton's inaction, considering how aggressive he's been upgrading every other need. Why not sign Brandon Shell? Why not make a bigger move at right tackle? It really leads me to believe that he's being transparent and leaving that position and that starting spot for the draft. You still have supreme capital, pick number 64, a couple third-round picks. You don't have to have a first-round pick to find a starting right tackle. Mm-hmm. And whether it's maybe Penning Falls, you like uh, Lucas, that's another option at 64. There's a, I'll, I'll let you get to that. But on the free agent market, uh, there's Brandon Shell. There's guys like – I think Dennis Kelly's still out there, a guy who was connected to Denver. 
Uh, David Quisenberry, Marcus Cannon, just like slim pickings. Neither of those guys, none of them, are viable starting right tackles. So I really do think this is one position Peyton is going to um, bolster in the draft. Yeah, I feel like it just feels like there's always moves in the summer too. You know, someone yeah. gets waived for a, a salary cap hit or something along those lines that someone becomes available. And, you know, I don't I don't typically see starting right tackles move in season, you know, like you could pin your hopes on maybe a Von Miller type. But um, in the draft, there's several guys I think that could be available even just at that 64, even if you don't have to trade up. Um, Abraham Lucas is someone that I've said about. If you look at NFL mock draft database, which I like as a reference, I like all these as a reference, even though, I feel like they're a little slow to update either that or I just disagree. You know, they've got him at 94. Um, He could be, according to that, he should be there. Abraham Lucas at Washington State, six foot seven, 315 pounds, ran a sub four, uh, a sub five flat 40. Super strong base. Love the guy. Um, Braxton Jones is a possibility. I don't know about Matt. Well, let's go. I don't know that I necessarily want him to start, Uh, but there are several guys that, you should have a shot at that could be an upgrade over what you currently have. And if I'm not mistaken, Bobby Massey's still out there somewhere. So, you know, worst case, you know, break in case of fire, you know, Bobby Massey is still out there as a, as a possibility, but circling back a little bit to the Randy Gregory, and then I'll throw it over to you, Zach. Uh, Travis comes in and says, uh, good evening, Zach. And hello again, Scott. Hello again. Uh, and Broncos country you said before on these podcasts, high risk, high reward on Randy Gregory. Um, I think it's low risk, low right. reward. Honestly, based right. on the based on the contract, the contract has made it low risk. Yes, if you got to eat all twenty eight million dollars, um, and that's the worst thing that happens because you didn't give up any draft capital. That's not awful. Uh, maybe with a change of scenery and team demeanor, and having a leader like Wilson is what Gregory needed. All else fails, restructure his contract, and Peyton has been Mister Wizard. As for Bleacher Report, I consider it the tabloid of sports reporting. They are. They were the original aggregators. They were the ones that showed how profitable aggregating can be, which helps pay the bills and lets us do things like this too. Um, you know, it, it's those those big analysis pieces. They don't go viral. Like, guess what Stephen A. Smith just said about Drew Locke. You know. That helps pay the bills so we can do more good stuff. And Bleacher Report, you know, to their credit, they really pioneered that. And, uh, you know, good for them. They try and do some original content. And they, they're they a big voice now. So we, we'll, we'll comment on some of the things they talk about, even if we are picking it apart. And we try and give a little background to what they're trying to do. Like I said, that felt like a reach for me with Randy Gregory. There's a time and a place for aggregation, and uh, we like talking about it. It makes for fun conversation, but don't take what anyone says uh, seriously in the national media. Listen to us, and not just you know us, but those in the local market, those that uh, live and breathe the Broncos every day, talk about the Broncos, cover the Broncos every day. These national outlets don't do that. They don't have a tight as a grip on the Broncos as we do. About Gregory, I'm right there with you, Scott. It's low risk, and I wish y'all would believe me because I said – this is a great move by Denver. It's the first team in Gregory's career that has believed in him, that has trusted in him, that has given him the contract and confidence as a long-term defensive fixture on a defense. And he even said that and mentioned that in his press conference. He thanked Denver for the opportunity for those very reasons, and he's going to pay them back Um it commensurate to what he was given by the Broncos. So it's lower risk. You structure the contract greatly. You're getting a, a great player at a big position of need, and you're getting a guy that aligns with what you want to do under the new coaching staff and his Euro Evero. Every player has an injury risk. I don't want to hear about his injury baggage. Every player is susceptible mm-hmm. to injury. Russell Wilson missed time with injury last year. It happens to everyone. The suspensions and the marijuana, which has not been a big deal in my opinion, ha- is a thing of the past. All you have to worry is him performing up to the expectation they are um, giving him, and I think he will. Just, just wait on I promise you anyone skeptical on Randy Gregory will be fans by this fall. I promise. That was one of the comments, Zach, we hear talking about, you know, well, Aaron Rodgers is going to be too expensive. You give up all this stuff, and then he gets hurt. Then what? Like, you know, if, if you're worried about players getting hurt, uh, you know, when, when they don't have – if there are injury risks, you know, if they've got medical history problems, that's one thing. But if you're just worried about paying too much because the guy got may get hurt, you're you're watching the wrong game. Um, there's there's risks with everybody. You might as well not go after anybody that may get hurt. I'm just gonna go get a bunch of guys that aren't worth anything because if they get hurt, I don't care. 
Um, so there, there are injury risks with everybody, and he's had his share, but nothing like a degenerative knee or something like that, or, or neck problems, which are, are super scary. Uh, and speaking of super scary, here comes Paul 826 coming in. Thank you, Paul. Hi, Zach. Hi, wow. Scott. Show my support. Thank you for all you do. The deep ball is back, baby. And I uh, I couldn't help but read that without thinking of dodgeball. And I won't tell you what it, it said in my mind as I was translating here. But the deep ball is back. And uh, we got to see that in just a, a quick preview uh, with Russell Wilson going deep to Cortland Sutton in his little hype video on uh, on Tuesday. So that was a lot of fun already. And thank you so much for the support. Coming in with the, the fuchsia, the fuchsia color. We go orange, fuchsia, red. And this one's the fuchsia. Yeah, that's amazing, Paul. Thank you so, so much. And it, it is really exciting having a legitimate quarterback. I still can't believe when you think about the fact the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, they pulled that move off, and you see him now uh, in hype posts and hype videos throwing to the Broncos receivers, wearing a Broncos helmet. It's incredible. But did you all see? <laughs> After the Tyree Kill trade, Bleacher, not Bleacher Report, uh, Barstool put out a tweet. Uh, it's like, hey, Tyreek, go deep, and you have Tua back there. And it's the Tim Tebow duck throw from training camp. The same thing applies to Teddy Bridgewater. I thought that was hysterical. Neither here nor there pretty much, but definitely funny. Well, the good thing about Tyreek is you can get him the ball behind the backfield or side to side, and he's still a weapon. Um, otherwise, you know, with a, a straight X receiver or something, you're you're even more worried about that. And they gave up a lot to get Tyreek Hill. I'll tell you that much. I think that was, you know, we're, we're kind of poo-pooing on the Chiefs, but that wasn't a bad move for the Chiefs. It just wasn't. Do they get better right now? No, not right now, but it helps sustain their level through the years with that return they got on a guy that wanted to get away with one year left on his contract. Well, then they're out here giving uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling $30 million over three years, the Chiefs are, and they're signing Juju Smith-Schuster. So that'll do it. Yeah, oh, that's I, one Tyreek Hill. I wish I'm gonna have to find. I have several games from high school. I was working at Fox at the time, and Long Beach Poly was always on TV when when Juju Smith, just Juju Smith at the time, he didn't have the shoes until he got USC. Uh, was playing it at Long Beach Poly, and he was such an animal on defense. I was like, please, all these West Coast kids, they all play offense, all of them. They don't, and uh, he ended up, you know, good for him. It worked, but he was a better safety slash outside linebacker than he was a wide receiver he was just a freaking animal a lot of fun to watch um it's been a while though if i was watching in high school he must be old so may have lost a step paul left you up there again just to say thank you before we move on to uh colby c collier coming in so good evening guys we also need an owner but we've been so hot we're literally on fire and and that's the thing i think it's been Okay, the, the whirlwind of the last two weeks, we haven't heard a peep about ownership yeah. until it just started making its way back up into the chat this week a little bit. Owners? 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 Oh, yeah, I guess that's still going on, isn't it? Have you heard anything, Zach? Have you heard anything that's going on? Or is it all just, hey, is it kind of like you and I have said for a year that we've known each other? Who cares? <laughs> I don't care about the owners. Just make sure the money keeps coming and let Peyton do his job. That's how I feel. I still, but it's uh, they do need an owner, and they have Russell Wilson now, so that should make the Broncos more attractive to a potential owner. Last thing I heard was that Robert Smith was actually preparing a bid after saying he wouldn't bid on the Broncos, but when you have some of the Bolin family, like Brittany, still working for the Broncos organization in a front office capacity, makes the sale tough. There are uh, hurdles to clear and a lot of legalese to get through. We've been saying, don't expect it before the summer more than likely, before things heat up, and I'm holding to that still March still pretty early and Jesse 13 coming in still some cap room for wide receiver Patterson for a one-year deal he did resign with the uh the Atlanta Falcons on a pretty cheap deal for him I think he went 11 years on two on two 11 years 11 million on two years and his tweet when he announced that he had agreed to terms was f the money this is where I wanted to be and that's awesome you know you mentioned Randy Gregory Patterson was a guy who had never signed a second contract with the same team in his in his career. As soon as his contract was up, he was moved on. So this will be the first time. And um, he actually, they announced terms. This was not a coincidence. They they Deshaun Watson says he's going to Cleveland. All of a sudden, the news pops that we've come to terms with Cordero Patterson. It's like, yeah, we were holding that one just to try and, hey, look over here. 
Um, and then they screw up and get a third round for Matt Ryan. And here comes the picture of Cordero Patterson signing his contract. <laughs> so he may be the only thing worth watching in Atlanta, but that would have been a nice, nice fit in Denver. It really would have been with Cordero Patterson. But do you need him, though? I mean, you have a, a crap nope. ton of receivers. You have two nope. good running backs, nope. at least. He'd be a nice luxury. I'm surprised he couldn't get more money. I but, think he could. That's why he said F the money. But he found out what it's like to be paid as a running back on the open market. Melvin Gordon's still out there, for for God's sake. I mean, he had a pretty good couple years in Denver. So, uh, Corderell's, that's a great gesture, taking less money to play for the team that showed him that commitment. And uh, same thing with Gregory, like we're talking about. He's going to pay the Broncos back for giving him that investment, not just financially, but also uh, emotionally and uh, psychologically. So, Travis Tarbox coming in, double T, T-squared. Saying, evening, fellas, just looking forward to seeing on the field already. We haven't even had the draft yet. I mean, it feels like, again, it's been two weeks. It, it feels like Russ has been a Bronco like we've been watching him for his whole career. Like, this is home. It feels like home that he, he's here. This isn't like, wait, this feels weird. This is going to look weird. When I see Matt Ryan in a Colts jersey, that's going to look weird. When I saw Julio Jones in a Titans jersey, I'm like, eh, that's not so bad. I get that. That one, that little one looks so bright. When and Russ, you already see him out there in the Broncos, uh, orange and blue, and you're like, yeah, that looks right. That that feels that feels right at home. First time I saw Vaughn in the Rams jersey, I was like, what is this number forty? Like, who are you? You're not the same Vaughn that I know. Uh, but Travis, if you haven't seen it yet, obviously Russell Wilson did the much publicized workout uh, passing camp with Broncos receivers. I wrote a, a brief story on it. It's on the page mileheddle.com. It's actually in Russell Wilson's backyard. How freaking cool is that? The guy has a hundred yard football field in his backyard. Uh, he's uh, all about football, man. I love it. And I'm right there with you, Travis. I cannot wait for the first OTA, the first freaking minicamp practice to see this offense together. It's going to be such a fun ride. I wonder if he had that up before all the lockdowns or if he did that after the fact so he could have more private workouts. I'd be interested mm. to know. Um, knowing him you know, and, and some before. of these guys, he's probably had it up there for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I bet it came in awfully handy uh, two years ago. Can you believe that was two years ago? Someone said that the other day. I was having that conversation the other day about a, a lockdown. They're like, so last year, I'm like, no, no, two years ago. Like, oh, God, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in as well, if I can find him on here. Um, help me out here, Zach. Who are we talking? Here we go. Uh, evening, Zach, Scott, and Broncos country. I know Jerry was upset we stole his, we got his tackle, but really a fire. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the edge. You know, that, that's might not be Kansas City. Might have been, it might have been one of the Dallas Cowboys out there. Might have, might have been one of them. Could have been. It's not that far to Denver. Denver's kind of like cowboy country, too, as far as like actual cowboys, like real life. You know, what do you think of the Broncos? Got some, you can't have Broncos without cowboys, right? Man, Jerry Jones can go kick rocks. They just hired Brian Schottenheimer as like a, a consultant for league trends on offense. I could not think of a worse coaching hire. Oh, wait, I could. Hiring Pat Shermer in any capacity would be a no, worse no. hire. We, 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 I, I think. You're still even worse than that because he's he's in the division, right? I mean, you had a lot to choose from on that Denver staff. What about special teams? Yeah, that's true. Tom McMahon, he got a job though. <laughs> I don't know how he's employed, but yeah, we can joke about it now. But it really was dude. scary. It's, they're they're made men. They are made men. Once you're in, you're in as long as you want to be, unless you do something to get yourself disassociated from the club. Or it's you send yeah, you send an email from a decade ago. <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, it really is it's like well this guy was a special team coach from here here and here and here wow what a great resume he was fired from here 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 and here he stunk at all of them but they're in once they're in they're in it you see it with the the coordinators especially bouncing around from uh you know colleges or the, this one going over to the pros or they they the peter principal they get hired as a head coach and they immediately can get a job as another coordinator it's uh it, I've, I've, I've called them made men forever. I really have. Well, maybe don't take job application references from the Pat McAfee show, because that's a big reason why McMahon got hired. Uh, Pat McAfee, who punted for him, was raving about him. He turned into be the biggest lemon for a special teams coordinator I have ever seen. He made Brock Olivo. This might precede you, Scott. The uh, Broncos' former special teams coach made Olivo look like a Hall of Famer. McMahon was that bad. Just, let's just... Turn the page. That's appreciate the stars. Phil Rodney coming in with a comment and said, who's excited to see Josie Jewell back and lay the hit stick on Derrick Henry like he did in 2020? So 
I didn't see that one. Um, I'm gonna have to do a little, you know, search for that one. But uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, that Josie Jewell is back, and just because I think what he will bring off the field and helping some of the the younger players, seeing Jonas Griffith, who needs a mentor, watching Baron Browning bounce back and forth a little bit if he if he does get more snaps at edge. I, I thought Josie Jewell was playing really, really well before he got hurt. It was the talk about, it was like, okay, guys, tell me about Josie Jewell. What do you get? It's like, oh, he's this blue collar guy. He'll do a job in the middle. And first couple of games before he got hurt, I was like, this guy's a little more than that. At least this year he is. He was going sideline to sideline and making lateral plays that I wasn't expecting. It was really a shame to see him get hurt. I'm glad they re-signed Josie Jewell so he can lay out Derrick Henry once every four years. Seems like a worthwhile commitment. I'm, I'm just not the biggest Josie guy. I'm glad they brought him back for some continuity and having a, a veteran steadying presence. Good locker room guy. Good two-down run thumper. But Perrin Browning, you know, those kind of players are the future in the NFL. Sideline to sideline, three-down guys that can cover uh, adequately, Josie Jewell has never been good in coverage, and they've always had those type of inside linebackers, Scott, for the last five years or so. Going back to Todd Davis and, and Brandon Marshall, those kind of players, Baron Browning could have been the future, and they're they, they're kind of phasing him out, literally moving him to outside don't, linebacker. Don't get into it yet. Let Don't, don't worry about what they say. Don't worry about what they say. Watch what they do. Watch what they do. Let's see what happens. If, if Baron Browning is over at edge and he's laying eggs over there and not getting any time, then we can start saying, and we can express this is what we don't want to see, but I'm not going to talk about it like it's already happened because it hasn't. Right now it's blah, blah, blah. It's March. It's March. Might mean that they're going after Bobby Wagner. It, you never you never know because when it comes time to renegotiate, when, when Baron Browning's contract is up, I promise you don't want to pay him like an edge. You want to pay him like an inside linebacker. I mean, if they go into the season with Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton as their starting inside linebackers, we're going to have a problem. And I don't mean the team. I mean, me and the Broncos are going to have a problem. I, I, Josie, I can stomach at one spot, but they got to find a dynamic, long-term, three-down guy next to him. I thought that was Barron. We shall see. And they might in the draft. There are Maybe. some really yeah. good linebackers with speed and athleticism and dynamicism uh, in this in this draft. Nailed it. They're dynamic, baby. Um, that it could be one of those guys too. You know, if uh, if Troy Anderson's sitting there at sixty four, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Uh, would love to see him in the middle of this defense. Chad Beach TL coming in and said, "Evening, fellas, in Broncos country. Can't tell you how excited I am for football season to start now. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like." Man, I uh, I had a birthday after Christmas, but it's like getting a car on your 15th birthday and you don't turn 16 for another month. Damn it. Just sitting over there taunting me in the in the driveway. You you got all these new toys and now it's it'll go fast. But April, May, June, they kick off, you know, the the Hall of Fame games usually at the end of July. That we're going to blink a couple times it'll be here. Hopefully we're able to snag some great picks in the draft too. Let's ride. Denver Broncos for life. MHH, thanks for the show, guys. Chad, thanks for the stars, and thanks for being here, my friend. It, it does go super fast, and that's what happens when the season starts every year. I think, wow, it's week one, and then I look up. like It seems like five minutes later, and it's like week 10, then it's week 17, then it's the Super Bowl, and I'm like, where did it go? Same thing for the offseason, but we're moving through free agency. We're entering draft uh, season in full in the next couple weeks. It's going to be exciting, uh, and this season is going to be the year for Denver to get back. Uh, into relevancy so it's i'm just enjoying every moment scott speaking of enjoying every moment <clears throat> travis coming back in talking a little about baker mayfield mayfield kind of surprised there's not much interest in baker mayfield he did lead the browns to their first playoff win in over 20 plus years and i i think i literally think they were like four and 60 in the in the four years or six and 58 or something the four years before baker got there um now the front office seemed to get competent and they quit drafting guys like Tim Couch. And uh, who did they take? Did they take that old dude from Oklahoma State? Oh, did Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Brandon Whedon was who I was thinking. You remember Brandon Whedon? Yeah. He's about 27 years old. Um, I think that was one of the, the Julio Jones picks, actually. Um, not much interest. It's because they, they don't have any leverage at all. So I, there's no reason I need to go and, and make a big play for him and end up paying his guaranteed contract. Uh, they could waive him. I can let them clear waivers and they're stuck with this contract. So the, the, the rest of the NFL is kind of sitting back and going, ha ha, 
<laughs> at, at, at Cleveland right now and just waiting and just waiting. But I, I was thinking about this, Zach, earlier, and I, I wanted to ask you, if you got him on it, and, and don't let the the how I'm going to phrase this bias you in any way, but the Teddy Bridgewater deal where he's $4 million in a six-round pick, is he worth coming in as insurance, injury insurance, or anything like that? Would it be worth him at all even coming in for that? Well, first of all, I made a promise to myself that I haven't shared publicly when the Broncos landed Russell Wilson and get off the quarterback carousel. I would not be discussing quarterbacks at all. The Broncos finally solved that. I do not care what happens to Baker Mayfield or Seattle or Cleveland. In terms of Teddy, if you're asking about his deal with the Dolphins, I just... No, 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 no. I'm asking what it costs to get Teddy from Carolina, which was... Oh, like a, a flyer geez, like that. round deal, and they were picking up... 75% of his contract. So you got Teddy for a song. You got that, what you paid for. That was smart, but making him the starting quarterback was the wrong move there. They had the and right idea in you, theory. You I'm just talking purely, you know, no, there's course. no doubt who's the starting quarterback on this team. None. Listen, listen, for someone like Seattle, if, they're, if their only option is Drew Locke and they're not committed to giving Cleveland a third round, fourth round pick, whatever, for Baker Mayfield, I would make that move personally. It's never a bad idea to keep swinging, Scott, until you find that guy. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring in a Baker Mayfield to this team. I think it'd be too big of a distraction. Um, even if the risk is like, well, you know, if Russ gets hurt, then we've got a, a good quarterback. We've got a good backup option. Um, that one's high risk, though. We talked about Randy being low risk. If if Randy goes down, all it really costs you is is some scratch. If Baker doesn't work out, it could upset the locker room. It could upset a lot of different things, and I don't want that. I don't want that in the locker room. You got you got your quarterback. Whoa, we're talking about Baker being a trade option for the Broncos, no, not that, like that's what I said. I said no, you, no, you no, on a no. Teddy Bridgewater deal of a no. six-round pick and four million dollars as a backup, would you even consider it? No, you don't yeah. need him at all. I mean, you literally just signed Josh Johnson. You have Brett Rippin, and you have Russell Wilson, who was an Iron Man before a fluky mallet finger injury last year. It works for a team like Seattle or, Car or Carolina, a desperate team, or like the Colts did with Matt Ryan. Zero interest, less than zero interest in Baker Mayfield, and for the reason you mentioned, Scott, his baggage. Yeah. He's done more commercials than anything else, more victories in the NFL. So just, I, I I don't want that guy at all. Yeah, I don't. It, I wouldn't want Gardner Minshew to come in as a backup for the same reason. No. I don't need the distraction. You're you're all in with Russ. If if Russ goes down, you're you're in trouble. Nick likes to say the uh, the old Peyton Manning thing. It's like, how come you're not giving this guy any reps? Because I've seen that guy play. He, he's not good. And <laughs> Peyton goes, Peyton's plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. He's it. If he goes down, we're done. Ernie coming I'm, in. I'm good Big with the Broncos there. Appreciate um, you, Ernie. Say hello, Chad and Scott. Okay, I'm Chad now. Cool. <laughs> Take your hat off. Show him your hair. Can I be Chad, though? I don't know. Here, I'll do this. I'll Chad, cover. I think Chad is so much more chill than the both of us. Sure. He pulls off. I think it's the musician in him. He pulls off being <laughs> cool. You and I are much more high strung. Yeah, I'll but, rock with uh, it. No, Ernie, I appreciate person. you. That's such a good dude. It's not a bad person yeah. to uh, – I was just sure. surprised that it was not Zach and Chad. I was like, wait a minute. You got me right. How'd that happen? I'm being phased out, Scott. They didn't tell you? <laughs> Shoot. You're, 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 you're the one. I think, I think it's the other guy in Hawaii. <laughs> you, know, you didn't get the memo? I, I burned it. I, uh, I, I torched Broncos Stadium. I sabotaged you know, <laughs> Get canceled Chad's plane. He's, he's not coming back for another two That's weeks. That's true, yeah. He's delayed. Poor Chad. Appreciate you, Ray. So uh, Ron Dub coming in with uh, the yellow super. Appreciate you, Ron. Thank you so much. Hey, Zach and Scott, besides Sertan, who has the best chance to be named defensive player of the year? What is your Wilson stat line prediction? Passing yards, rushing yards, Man. tugalicious picks, league MVP perhaps. Man. Let's start with uh, defensive player of the year. Well... Besides Sertan, who is an obvious uh, pick, I mean, who else are you going to go with? There's, there's two. Randy and Gregory. It's the same guy. He's the pass rusher. I mean, it's either pass a pass rusher, rusher or a lockdown corner on defense. And I think, honestly, I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm not saying he's going to even be a favorite or a front runner or a finalist, but he has that talent. He has shown that consistently year after year in Dallas and uh, playing in this defense and how they're going to utilize him, getting after the passer, primarily not dropping back in coverage. 
uh, he's going to pay the Broncos back in uh, in spades. So yeah, aside from Sertan, I would say uh, Randy Gregory. Yeah, and I'd, I'd throw Bradley Chubb in there too. Uh, if he's 100% healthy, he's playing on a contract. No one on this planet has more incentive to go out and have a big year than Bradley Chubb. A double-digit sack year is worth $75 million to Bradley Chubb in, in, in this year. He'd, get, he'd easily get a five five seventy five, a three, even more than that. He'd probably get a, a three sixty five type of year if he goes out and puts up 12, 13 sacks and hits free agency. Easy. Or you franchise him, you know, but again, that would be a, that would be a, a $20 million move for an edge rusher. And then he'd still get another contract. But so you're hopeful again, there's low risk, high reward on one side. And then Chubb is a little bit the same way. If you brought him in, let's say you're bringing in Chubb, Zach, let's, let's, let's say he was a new acquisition. Let's put him under the microscope and say, He's got some injury history, but he's in on a one-year deal at $14 million. That's not a bad deal for what he could possibly bring, is it? No. That's actually pretty uh, below market value for a pass rusher. So that's, like you said, the contract motivation is there. It'd be quite the leap, though, going from potential first-round bust to defensive player of the year. But uh, that's what can happen in a new scheme. I don't think Vic Fangio's uh, scheme was very player friendly in the sense of them racking up the stats, racking up the accolades, the honors, maybe Evero's defense will be more in tune with Bradley Chubb, but he's got to stay healthy. He, he has to number one. All right. You just let, let, let me put on my tinfoil hat here. And uh, the, the little bit I got to see of Vic Fangio and that gigantic ego of his, does it make sense that he'd want it to be about the system and not about the players? You know, I don't want, <clears throat> I don't necessarily want, like what I do, this is, I get looked at, are you mad at me? Oh, wait, I get it now. Except I think you have to do it with the thumbs. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Thumbs up. I'm not doing it. Thumbs up. Um, that it, it, it would not totally surprise me for what I saw from Fangio to say, you know, I don't, I want to just strangle these guys and we won't give up points. We won't give up yards. We won't get turnovers. We won't get numbers but we'll we'll limit the big plays and we'll grind the game down and we'll limit the scoring against us but they're not going to get big numbers because it's going to be about the system not about the individuals um from what i understand that was kind of what he said about von miller first day yeah you know not about the individuals so meanwhile uh as nick has said he goes i like evero because he says if we're not getting to the quarterback with four we'll send five if we're not getting to him with five, we'll send six, et cetera, et cetera. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. There's, there's going to be more big plays uh, on both sides. You're going to give up a few more. You're going to get a bunch more, and it's going to be awfully fun. So let's get to the second part of uh, of Ron Dubb's stat line prediction. Now, I went, I set the over-under on this, and let me know what you think. I set the over-under for, the over -under for uh, yards at 4,000, and I set the over-under on touchdowns at 35. Uh, where hmm. where do you want to go? Well, I was going to say, can we pull up his his career stats like year yeah, by year? I looked at him this morning, so I got a pretty good idea where where they are. He's uh, he's got like four seasons over four thousand yards, and he's thrown for over thirty five touchdowns twice. I was going to say four thousand is the first number that popped into my mind, but I think thirty five. I'm going to take the under on that slightly. I just think between Javante Williams being a big uh, mm -hmm. uh, component of the offense and also Russell Wilson's uh, scrambling ability, I think he'll rack up some uh, red zone touchdowns with his legs. I'm going to say four thousand yards. He might surpass that honestly with this uh, receiving core, but mm -hmm. maybe like thirty three, thirty four touchdowns. Maybe I like, 30 I like if I had. To, I'm setting the over under, so obviously I don't like either one of them. That's kind of where I think the number is. But if I had to pick one to say over, I'd say over on yards, under on um, on touchdowns. Yeah. Um, that's a big jump uh, from the amount of touchdowns that the Broncos have been going in. And he's good, as good as he is, it is a new system. It is a new quarterback. It is a new coach. It is a new everything for the most part. And it might take a little while for it to get going. But with 17, you know, 17 games, if he stays healthy, 35, that's just two a game. That's not that many. It just feels like it because you haven't seen everybody. You haven't seen everybody the way everybody else is throwing touchdown passes. Two a game isn't that much. It's like, What's a thousand yard rusher these days? Fifty yards a game, right. you know, sixty yards a game. It's it's not much. So if he stays healthy, he should he should be able to beat those numbers. Um, picks ten. 
10, I think might be a good number. Uh, I think he threw, I think he went like 28 and, you know, the washed up Russell Wilson with an injury went like 26 and five last year with 3,300 yards in 14 games. I'm like, good Lord, his, his, his washed upness is better than anything you, that, that you've seen in years. I'll take it. Um, so, so we will see, but appreciate the, uh, appreciate the, the support, Ron move down here just a little bit. All right. The Lords of Liberty talking about this is this is this is my guy. Lord of Liberty might be my guy, too. I like the I like the screen name. But Jonas Griffith, he was a beast versus Vegas. Um, six foot four, 250 pounds and runs like him. There's a lot of upside. There's a lot of upside there. I, I am a fan. But, if, if you know, honestly, if I was going to move anybody to edge, it might have been that guy. That's a that's a good call. I, I, maybe they should have experimented with Griffith, but yeah, they tendered him. He's coming back. Uh, he'll be a part of the rotation, and he graded out very favorably according to Pro Football Focus. But really, all of the Broncos inside linebackers did. So if there's one compliment to Vic Fangio for his system, it seemed like he produced pretty good inside linebacker stats and grades and numbers. I'm happy Griffith's still around, but he's to me he's not the long term answer at inside linebacker. They just need that dynamic guy. They need that Devin White. And I don't think Alex Singleton, nor Jonas Griffith, nor Justin Sternod, anyone they have on the roster, maybe with the exception of Baron Browning, uh, meets that caliber. I think I think Griffith is closer than a lot of guys. I mean, he's not going to go out there and run, you know, four three nine, but he is a he is an athletic specimen. He's just raw, so give him some time. And and like you said about the the Vic Fangio system, it did make for the truly the linebackers don't matter. It was plug and play. It, it was, it was plug and play. We got some breaking news though, Scott. And a lot of you guys in the comments say, Oh, the Broncos just signed this player. And every freaking time I check my phone, just in case y'all aren't trolling me, I believe Dylan, he, he would never troll me. And it's true. According to, I think it's Mike Kliss who reported the Broncos have a one-year deal with Billy Turner who they're bringing back after letting him go to Green Bay a few years ago, can play guard, can play tackle. I think he's a better guard than tackle, though. So now you have, this is your right tackle depth chart. Billy Turner, Calvin Anderson, who is also Garrett Bowles' backup, and Tom Compton. I don't know. I mean, maybe the sum of those parts could equal one capable right tackle. Good depth otherwise. I still need that premier blue chip guy i'm still targeting targeting a right tackle very high in the draft former north dakota state bison uh played 810 snaps last year so he got some good time so this is depth this is a depth signing this still isn't necessarily your guy um let's see so he was in denver for a couple of spells so he must have been a practice squad guy and then a wave and that type of thing so in Denver in 2016, in Miami, or did he come over from Miami? They just have it out of order. Okay, uh, played some left guard, played right guard, played some right tackle. So that's a that's a good depth guy. We mentioned somebody to come in. If I can get competency, last year I felt like at times we didn't have competency at the guard positions. So you know, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of using this phrase. So I'm gonna have to come up with a new one. But the raising the floor, um, you know, it, it does. We, we've been talking about competition. And you're allowed to bring in about 95 guys. You got to get it down to 53, but it'll be at 95, um, 93, 94 guys for for OTAs before you start whittling it down. So these guys that are being signed, you're going to hear 30 more that aren't going to make the team. So okay, I'm I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna say all right we're screwed at right tackle because now we're full. No no we'll see. It's it's they're still coming. And to answer uh, Flazifies, which is one of your favorite names on the pod, uh, Scott. The Flazify. He asked, are the Broncos still interested in Brandon Shell? I would presume not after just signing Billy Turner. So uh, that's the move. And they must have seen something in Brandon Shell's workout they didn't like, or they just like Billy Turner more. They visited with Shell. He came in, uh, worked out for him. I presume took a physical, but it uh, didn't work out. So Billy Turner is the guy. I am still drafting a tackle. Maybe it's 64. It's still a massive need despite the Turner acquisition. I'm still drafting an, an interior lineman also. Yeah. Um, there's there's still going to be there's going to be interior lineman. There's going to be at least one more defensive back. And, and then there's going to be a surprise best player available in there. Maybe a linebacker, maybe a wide receiver. Uh, Benji Clay coming in. He said, who's the number one linebacker who got injured at the Combine Pro Day? How would you be willing to take him if, if he fell to the third? I'm thinking you probably are talking about David Ajabo. 
the uh, the Michigan edge rusher who is um, an injury injured his Achilles, and it's really a killer for someone like him because he was considered more of an athlete than a player. So someone who would need to develop and take those raw tools and go, and all of a sudden, you know, he he blows an Achilles. Um, I, I've said this before, so I'm not going to after I've got a couple days away from the mic. I'm going to find out the answer to this one. What are his options if he says, don't draft me? Would he go back? I don't think he'd go back into the draft. There's got to be a certain amount of time that passes before he becomes then a, a free agent. But I don't know what that is. But if he falls past the second, he would be better off not being drafted because then he would be locked into a contract that is slotted based on his draft position. And if he falls into the fourth round, then he's stuck with fourth round money for three years instead of being able to pick his own team because over the next next year, he can work his way back up into a first round draft pick type of status and be a free agent. If he fell to the third, would I take him? Yeah, I would. Uh, if I'm his agent, I'd say, if you fall out of the second, we're calling everybody up and saying, don't take me at all. I think his agent would love if he went in the third round after te- tearing his Achilles. We talked about this on yesterday's pod, Benji. If you want to check that out, we went to a little more detail about Ojabo's uh, injury. That Achilles is pretty much worst case scenario for a linebacker or any player. As Scott put it perfectly, I'd rather it be an ACL or a meniscus or something like that. Achilles is a tough one. So he might be where it's a late round pick. I mean, look at Jake Butt back in 2017, a tight end who had an ACL. Uh, I know he suffered that late in the process, but he went from a second round pick to a, a fifth round pick, if I remember correctly, fourth or fifth round pick. He's going to fall far, Ojabo. Um, it could be a case, though, where a team takes a flyer, lets him heal for, for a year. Hopefully he comes back to full health and they get a great steal, a la Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans. But Achilles, tough blow. I think he could be a UDFA if he enters the draft, which is crazy and unfortunate. And I didn't mean to smirk at the the news that you were talking about, because it is, it's, it's tragic. Um, what, what happened to, to David working out like that? Uh, it is, but Juero made me laugh. Juero Vidal uh, with the, the green super says, I hope Nick Wright pours himself a, bur- a bowl of cereal tonight as a midnight snack only to open the fridge and realize there's no milk. <laughs> Man, that's harsh. That's really harsh. Especially if he eats as much cereal as I do. I eat, let's see. I have yogurt every morning, but that leaves 14 meals left in the week. I probably have cereal for nine of them. So running out of milk, man, that's that's harsh. Dude, tough. Nick Wright probably deserves it. And I got I uh I, I we threw one last night and Zach bailed me out. Jasmine came in and, and said something about Nick being all being overly critical. I'm like, Nick, Nick, Nick Kendall, what are you talking about? He's not that critical. He's he has questions. Zach was like, no, dumb, dumb. Nick Wright. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. See, I don't listen to those guys. I don't care. You know, as Zach said earlier, the national media, they don't pay attention to the Broncos. They don't, they don't care. What do they know? Nothing. Um, Huero, I, I wasn't the only one that got a smirk out of that. SoCal Johnson come in and thought that one was pretty good too. I agree with your comment in spirit. I will never uh, miss an opportunity to make fun of Nick Wright who deserves it, but maybe I'm a weirdo. I prefer eating cereal without milk. Maybe that's just me, like eating it, it out of the box. Or... There are very few cereals that are better soggy. Uh, we can do a show on that one day if you if you care. Um, you know, Frosted Mini Wheats is one. You want them to get good and soggy. I, I eat way, way too much cereal because I'm lazy when it comes to eating. Just make sure I'm full and I'm good to go. Uh, Billy Turner, our new right tackle. Appreciate you, Wardy. I, I think I don't recognize the name. It almost looks like War Eagle uh, where I went to school. That's that's Auburn. Um Dylan Turner, 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 and then let me see with uh, with John Clay coming in. Let me scroll down. We'll grab. Um, <laughs> coming in again. There, there's the culprit. Speaking it was Nick Wright all fire. Where is on uh, on on fire tonight? Just saw Nick Wright set first. <laughs> oh, base gay Scott Sertan or AJ Terrell? Who you got? Oh, that's goodness. easy, baby. Come on. I think uh, I think Sertan is a little more physical and better in a press man, um, a little bit better against a run, and I think AJ Terrell is probably a little bit better in pure coverage right now. Um, so again, I, I'd be happy with both of them, knowing that I want my first job of my cornerbacks to cover first, uh, and then he's still physical enough. I'd, I'd probably go AJ Terrell right now. AJ Terrell was 
absolutely amazing last year on a trash defense with zero help. Uh, Deron Harmon and Eric Harris as your safeties. Fabian Moreau on the other side of you. You've got an edge coming in, you know, the, the, it, no pass rush, 18 sacks on the year. Uh, A.J. Terrell had a phenomenal season. I'd, I'd pro- Based, I'd probably go A.J. Terrell on that one right now. Uh, just pivoting, this is probably the first round, first overall pick with cereal when it comes to uh, my personal taste, but the roof of my mouth is always you a gotta, casualty. You let that, again, it has to get just a little soggy or else you cut the crap out of the top of your mouth eating it. Every like time. That. Every time, but we got John Clay. I saw 999 Super. Thank you so, so much, John. Hope you're having a great evening. Uh, John says, Evening, gents. Completely random question here. Uh oh. Do you guys love the Broncos white uniform? I thought we were going way off topic. Broncos white uniforms. I think it is the best uniform. It was the uniform worn to win the two Super Bowls. Yeah, I, I think all the Broncos threads are some of the freshest in the NFL. I love the color schemes. I love the clean look, the all white, the blue and the white. So, yeah, I, I love the white uniforms a lot. I like I like the orange and blue. I'm not a huge fan of uh, of the all whites. I like I like to have a little color in there. I am a much bigger fan of the old Denver logo, though. I tell you yeah. that much. I don't like Agreed. any. I feel like when uh, when Jacksonville and Carolina came in, they had these swoosh type logos, and everybody went to those. And it's like they all look the same. They just change the colors. There's no. You know, I like the New England Patriots guy. I like the swashbuckling Buccaneers. I love the Denver D. And now they're all just kind of meh. They all kind of look the same. So I like the Eagles. I still like the Eagles wings. Those are cool. Um, so I, I don't, I like the, what would be my favorite? I, I'd probably go orange jerseys with, and I'd have to look and see what, uh, after that, what kind of combination I like, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the all whites. They look too much like a janitor or an ice cream man to me. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything's better than the all orange uniforms. The old yeah, color the, rush the, the all terrible. Is too much. The, the traffic cones are too much. I like to, to break them up a little bit for sure. Scott, I got a question for you. Courtesy of mile high, Mike, I'll let you take this one. So he started this one earlier and I was waiting. I was waiting to uh, the prices, right? This, and looking over, you know, our lovely, as, as Chad, or as Zach, now I'm calling you Chad, as Zach was going to say, you can get a mile of huddle like hat like me or a. <laughs> <laughs> Better than nothing. I'll oh, take I'm it. Still going to. I'm still going to. This is, this is in the shop. This is in the huddle up pod yes, shop. Is. And I may have bought 10 of these already. So um, sent them out to some, some folks. So maybe not 10, maybe six or seven, but. I uh, I have spread the love with our with our coffee with our Guy, coffee. Guys, get my back real quick. Please tell Scott in the comments to get a huddle up coffee mug. Please help me out here. If we peer pressure him enough, I think he'll do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see though. Okay, okay, okay. Um, scrolling. Where's um, the yeah, mug? I'm just scrolling through I some of the comments. You, I saw Mile High Mike. I, he came in earlier, made me laugh. He goes, "You you best have that mug tonight, Scott." I, I saw Mike say that earlier. So, um. Maybe not. Uh, it may not have been. I think Wardy came in here said AJ Terrell is the most underrated corner. So, um, for what it's worth, Pro Football Focus loved him. He was first team All Pro. That uh, he didn't make the Pro Bowl on the the national. I want to call. I'm, I'm in baseball mode, man. The National League um, on the NFC was that was tough. Uh, he he, sh- he should have made it. And they the phrase in baseball was always you make the All Star game the year after you deserve it because you've made your name, but it was too late for the votes. Um, so I, I think Terrell will be back. He's, he's, he's pretty darn good. He, he is, he's good. I'm very much happy with Patrick Sertan. Absolutely. Though, so. Again, there's, it's one of those Two things, great corners, Zach, I, I, the phrase I use is I don't argue levels of elite. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you ask me, I'll tell you my preference. And if you say, well, I like Sertan, dude, it's too close. I'm not, I'm not going to make that argument with you. Absolutely. You pick them both and ask like, all right, I'm going to get one. You're going to get together. Let me reach into my Broncos for breakfast mug, which you can get at <laughs> HubbleUpPod.com. And I draw a name. I win. I win. Either way. Uh, on that note, I guys, I guys, I think we're going to wind it down for this <laughs> evening. I don't see I any. You just killed it. <laughs> My vibe has kind of been killed for one night. So that's going to do it, I think. Unless you have any other comments, questions, supers, please get them in now. We have a couple minutes, but uh, I'm going to start doing the outro if you don't mind, Scott. That was the Huddle Up podcast for this evening and for this week. We're back on Sunday evening, uh, same time, same same time, same place. 
But until then, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at MileHighHuddle. I'll have that uh, Billy Turner article coming very soon, probably in about an hour or so. So check it out uh, when it, when it goes live. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you want a mug, it doesn't matter what mug. If you want a mug, go to HuddleUpPod.com. Right there, Scott's Vanna whiting it as we speak. And also hats, <laughs> shirts, a lot of goodies, huddleuppod.com and facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page, follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win maybe a sexy coffee mug each and every month. But if you can't do, it's the last time I call a coffee mug sexy. If you can't do any of those things, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Scott, any last words? I, I've got to get last words for Z Reeves here. You know, he's got a question. He's coming in green. Uh said, are we disappointed that Graham Glasgow wasn't there at the throwing session with Russ? I wouldn't read too much into that no. stuff. That was a hype video. That wasn't a, hey, let's get everybody together and get a, a jump on everything. And, you know, some some folks couldn't make it for one reason or another. I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, in everybody showing up for OTAs and, Great. Um, you know, optional. You know, I, I, he wasn't much of a coach, but I, I, heard, I remember Dennis Francione once saying, you know, playing time is optional too. So um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who shows up for those. And everybody should, and getting some of the reports coming out of there. I wouldn't read too much into that. Zach, what what do you think? He's coming off a broken leg. I mean, I really wouldn't want him there. I mean, just let him heal up. And he's an offensive lineman. It was a passing camp. I like the fact that Cushenberry was there, uh, but it was mostly for skill players around Russell Wilson. Don't read too much into it. Uh, Glasgow will be there for, as Scott mentioned, voluntary OTA. Yep, that's, thanks for the thanks for the super Z. And don't be a stranger. I feel like that's the uh, first time we, we, we've seen you in here. So looking forward to more contrib more contribution to the right word, more participation. Uh, in the chat. Looking forward to, thank you for being here. Yeah, but that's going to do it on that note, guys. Please hit the like button if you haven't already. Scott, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Everyone have a great weekend. We're back on Sunday evening, same time, same place. Until then, take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.